0: Hello, everybody. This is Richie from the Metal Cell Podcast. I want to give a shout out to our main sponsors, which is Rising Suns, the award-winning brewery in Cork. James, when you get to Cork, I'm going to bring you in there for a few pints, man. Excellent. That and sounds perfect a, to me, man. a few beers and Joe as well, whenever you get down this neck of the woods, Joe. Very much looking forward to that. Yeah. So I want to welcome officially James from Hell Ripper to the show. Nice to have you on board again, James. Been a while. It's been a while, about, what, two years, I was
1: checking the day, um, yeah. Yeah, just over a few years I think, because I Amazing.
0: came on. yeah, it was yeah fun last time, so I'm looking forward to it man, thank you for having me on again. Yeah, it's a pleasure man, It's it's been great to watch your progress dude, I, I really, really am delighted for you man, you put in so much work, and I mean, I know it started off as a solo project, the band you've got around, you know, the tours, everything, It's it's really kicking off man. So, yeah, man.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah, the live band, those guys, uh, uh, Joe, Max, and Clarkey, the current live band. Yeah. They're, they're ridiculous, uh, musicians and cool guys and stuff. So, yeah, I'm glad to have those guys involved in that side of things. And yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, the goal is just to keep doing what I'm doing and hopefully grow a little bit, um, gradually. So, yeah, no complaints here. No complaints.
0: <laughs> like Joe. We'll talk about Gamma Bomb and on the 20th anniversary tour. Let's bring your mind back to that. You uh, decided to bring Hell Ripper along for the party.
2: Yeah, we're very lucky to have James and the lads along. It was great. out will crack. crack. Um, and just nice to, you know, nice to get around, get around England and Scotland and stuff for a bit of a march around. So, But like I think, James, did you say that was the first time you guys did like a, a UK tour of more than a couple of shows or? yeah
1: that was the first time yeah I, I can't remember what i think we've done a couple of weekenders and stuff two three days yeah. But yeah, that was the first time we've actually did a proper tour around the uk um and yeah thank you for having us man i've i enjoyed it very much and I'm, i the rest of the guys and, did as well you
2: know crack and you know what man it's, it's one of the things with heavy metal is some bands it's easy to get on with and some bands it isn't and i think we've spoke about this a bit you know with a lot of the sort of bands that you guys would play with you know your primordials and stuff <laughs> I love the guys, they're nice fellas but they're very grumpy, you know, you get a lot of <laughs> grumpy black metal people like, you know, so it was nice being able to sit about and talk about Rush and Warfare or whatever, you know Yeah, I mean, Max is the big Rush guy
1: he's uh, he's he's absolutely in love with Rush so you've got no problem there, speaking about that but yeah, I mean- exact- He looks exactly like Neil Peart, doesn't he? Like he's <laughs> and I think that's what he's going for, man but yeah, like, like I said, I mean, the Gamma, the Gamma Bomb tour was kind of our first real tour with another band properly. I mean, we've done a couple of years ago, we played a few shows with uh, Black Rats um, from Canada, but it was only about three or four shows. You, I mean, this was our prop, first proper tour with another band. So like, yeah, thank you guys for making it very, being very welcoming and stuff. It was, yeah, it was a good time, man. No we, we enjoyed ourselves a lot, man. And it was cool. Well, I'm
3: like hopefully,
2: man, what we can do is uh next year because we couldn't get you guys over to Ireland, so maybe what we'll do is try and do an Irish tour in like I'd twenty-three and go and I'd do love three that. or four. I'd love, I'd love, that, love that, to try and do a uh, you know um, Highlands and Islands tour and go and play. I have a mate who promotes gigs out in the Isle of Skye and stuff. We we'll could go and Isle do Sky. that. In the Isle of man. <laughs> Jesus.
1: I didn't even know
0: there was like
2: anything over there. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I think, That'd be brilliant. Yeah, Jesus. Because I, I don't know, does James know it? Like, but I mean, he's got a huge following over in Ireland as well. like so. And you have had opportunities, because I, I remember just talking to you on Instagram a few times, yeah. James, where it just, the planets didn't align for you. Literally every time uh, we've been offered, um,
1: a promoter guy, a uh, real cool guy, he's offered us, I think, maybe four or five times. And every time we've had like a previous show booked or something, but mm. like the last offer, I think, was uh, it was like uh, October thirty first or something, and that was the day we came back from tour, like or the like our travel day, so we we couldn't make it over. Um, there was another one as well where we had another festival booked or something. Yeah, it's been four or five times I think that we've literally just not been able to. Yeah, which yeah, I want to get over there, man, as soon as it's possible i'm like yeah like i say if, with covid and stuff that just delayed everything by like two years like or a year everyone's plans kind of so we would have been over there by now i
2: imagine
0: yeah
1: exactly. i think it's gone okay and now we're getting back speaking into of, things uh, hopefully more i was
2: gonna say speaking of um james like did you did you find covid actually ended up being kind of helpful in regard to songwriting and stuff or how did um, you find it I guess so. Um I see I finished I finished the last
1: album right um right as covid started. You did. That's right, yeah. Yeah, so uh, um yeah, I think I finished everything in January and then what covid was like what February or March or something like the the everything It was, it
0: was kicking in in January actually.
1: Yeah, okay. Yeah, so yeah, so then I kind of the album the last album was supposed to be released in May. But then we didn't know what was going on and stuff, so we delayed it to October. Um, so I kind of had a year of kind of a rest, really. Uh, <laughs> I was writing and stuff, so that was cool. It did give me time to write stuff. Yeah, I did. Uh, yeah, I think I probably did make better progress because of the break um, than I w- usually would. But yeah, um, yeah, there was the advantages and disadvantages, I guess. Yeah. Disad- like you're doing this
0: full time, James.
1: Yeah. Am I right. Yeah. Yeah, so that kind of really started, uh, I mean, real for real, when this album, when the last album came out, that was kind of, I mean, it's been, I've been doing it full time since, what, 2019, since the last EP yeah. came out, but it kind of, yeah, it kind of went up a gear with the last the last album, so.
0: Yeah, I mean, getting onto Peaceful is a huge plus straight yeah, away. Yeah,
1: all that kind of stuff helped a little bit, so,
0: yeah. Yeah, I think there's disadvantages
1: and the advantages to it. Yeah, I got a break and... Yeah. I could do all that stuff. And then obviously the disadvantages, every tour got cancelled. No one was had any idea yeah. what was happening.
2: And then the final... Part, the part l- of the kind l- of good thing though, man, was that, that kind of, you nearly had a captive audience to listen to the Affair of the Poisons, you know, because yeah. maybe if there had been a whole bunch of other bigger records out then <laughs> it wouldn't have been as easy to get people's ear. And you definitely, like you must have grown the listenership by three, at least over over lockdown, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking that as well. I think with that, um, yeah,
1: just because I finished right before the lockdown that I was, my album like could come out with not much delays. I think it was kind of after it was what 2021 is when there was all the mad delays, like with the vinyl production and all that, that was all the albums had been delayed a year or whatever, or maybe towards the end of 2020. I was lucky that, um, I think everything had been done and manufactured just before it all kind of went to shit, really. Um, but yeah, because you guys released the EP during lockdown as well. The- yeah,
2: and you know what? That was a bummer for us, man, because uh, we tried to get it pressed uh, on physical and yeah. we couldn't. Impossible. We so were like, yeah. we can do it on CD, and we just thought, you know what? I'd rather just do it digitally than have it only on CD, you know? Yeah, was that because of delays and all that kind of stuff? Yeah. They were yeah. just like, the, the waiting line was just absolutely insane, and it was all kind of related to. Remember the Suez Canal and the big queue oh, yeah. to go through. Like all the wax that they made the vinyl. No matter what vinyl plant in the world, all the wax came from Indonesia or whatever. So, um, and it's still a pain in the ass. Like when we're talking to our label now, they're saying, "Yeah, well, you know, if you hand your album in, it might be able to come out, you know, in eight months' time, kind of thing." Like, so. Yeah,
1: yeah. I think, uh, yeah, I think we were looking at a six or seven month, um, turnaround time. So, yeah, February for the next one. And it was done in what July? Jesus. Yeah. So yeah, what's that? Five, six, seven, yeah, seven months. But I mean, that's over Christmas as well. So I don't know if that affects things with things being closed and stuff. But uh, isn't yeah. it
0: mental as well that like say your two bands is more or less the big priority is to get the vinyl in line and get <coughs> it out there. It says a lot like that, it's just fucking gone on its head the whole the whole scene like, Because who would have thought That vinyl would Have made such A comeback And not only make a comeback That it's really Really fucking important For a band to have vinyl now Yeah Yeah I know I
1: mean I was uh, For me it was kind of strange Because getting into the scene I came way after vinyl Of course you did Yeah So I came just uh, I used to collect Like cassettes and stuff mm. And then Yeah Like in the early 2000s Then CDs And I didn't really uh, n- Really have any any experience with vinyl or anything, and then as you get into the, I guess the metal scene, it was like what two, 2010 or something like that. Vinyl was becoming a bit more prominent and stuff, and people people were like, when I started Hellripper and previous bands, people were like, oh, you should press vinyl and stuff, and I was like, okay, is it is vinyl a big thing? Like, yeah, um, and yeah, it is, and uh, yeah, it's. Yeah, vinyl's really important for metal bands. Uh, I'm sure Joe agrees. Like that's the biggest seller for for
2: anything. It's a weird one about, James, because like, see if you think of like someone who would be a huge influence for you guys, like some of, like some of the like black and thrash bands of the '80s, or even like bands like Onslaught, Par from Hell. They might only press like ten or fifteen thousand copies of those records on vinyl back in the day, you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you kind of get into a situation where you know records that me and Richie would have taken for granted now are going for like forty or fifty bucks online,
1: yeah. you know,
3: yeah. which yeah, is crazy. I know. You
1: know? Yeah, I I was a bit gutted because um I don't know if I mentioned it in the last uh, the last one or not, but I've said it a few times before. Like I kind of was made aware of like metal when I was a kid when uh, uh my uncle has a, had a bunch of
0: that's right uh, your uncle L- yeah
1: yeah he had a bunch of LPs like from the like the seventies or eighties or something. And uh, I kind of looked at the artwork and stuff when I was a kid and thought, oh, that's cool. And that kind of made me aware of, like, metal and stuff. And uh, just recently I got my mum to take up the LPs, uh, take them to my house and so I could finally have them. And I was just looking through them. Oh, that's nice, man. And there's, like, all these cool – like, so much cool ones. Uh, There's, like, old Aussie ones, like, Discharge singles and stuff. Like, Um. I'm not. I'm not like a vinyl expert, but I think these would be maybe close to like original pressings and stuff. But they're all in such bad condition because because <laughs> they were of just course kinda, they are man. Because yeah, we just, we actually played them exactly. Yeah, like the <laughs> the, the, the sleeves are all just like <laughs> just torn apart and stuff like that. And yeah, uh, yeah, a lot of them had to basically just be chucked because they they were all they were scratched and ruined, yeah. unplayable and stuff. But yeah, it was a whole bunch of cool stuff there, like live Black Sabbath al- Black Sabbath albums with Dio and loads of Judas Priest, Thin Lizzy, The Damned, uh, Discharge, all that kind of stuff. And mm. yeah, and the, uh, like you were saying, uh, Joe, kind of similar. Like some bands would only have a few vinyl presses. There was a lot of, I think there's a lot of bands in the like the two thousands that I'm not sure about Gamma Bomb, but didn't even have vinyl presses for albums yeah,
2: like, probably like the kind of generation of for us of bands like uh i don't know like even from the like late uh 90s early 2000s like the haunted made me do it Th- those kind of records i don't know if they would have come out on vinyl like all of our stuff did come out on yeah. vinyl thankfully but it's also because we have a bad relationship with Eric kind of um you know they only pressed a thousand copies of some of the records on vinyl and you know we're <coughs> out of print and they're mm. not going to reprint them and stuff so it is a pain in the butt, but you also have to kind of, you know, this is this is going to sound bitchy for me saying this, but again, me and Richie kind of grew up in an era where, you know, if people were walking 20 miles to the next town to hear, you know, Primeval by Venom, you know, and it was hard to get hold of music generally, so... I think that if someone really, really, really cared about like Hellripper or whatever, it, they'd be able to go and buy your de- first demo on eBay or you know get yeah, it somewhere. Yeah. You know, and I think it's because music a lot of the time for people now they get it for free. They don't really associate having to having to part part big bucks or anything for it. You know. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely.
1: Even like, I remember when I was younger, like even the the prices for stuff like, as I was used to like all the the downloads and stuff with LimeWire and all that. And I I still collected CDs like when I was younger, like whenever I'd get a little bit of money and stuff from my parents. And I remember like I used to always get like singles, like remember those little CD singles that would have like <laughs> yeah. three songs on them or something. I used to get them because they were like two, three, two, two or three quid or something. Yeah. I remember getting like my first album and it was like twenty-four quid or something on CD. And I was like,
0: wow, this is this is extreme. Like Yeah. Metallica used to release a few of those CD singles. I think I have a few of them. Yeah, I used to have loads, but I think I think I I lost them all and stuff in
1: in like moving house and just over the years. Like, yeah, I've got I've got a few of them. I found an Oasis one from a while ago uh, recently. Um,
0: yeah, I've got a really cool therapy trouble gum uh, cassette single.
2: Phil, yeah, Phil, that, w- that was a big deal. I remember getting uh, uh, this single for Seasons in the Abyss, and it came in a blood pack, but it was like ah, you yeah. know. And it's still sitting up in the cupboard somewhere. All the blood has since (laughs) many years ago, but you know, so like, James, tell me this uh, before we start talking about like new album stuff. What, what's your Slayer cutoff point? Are you a a, a guy who loves all Slayer or just old Slayer? Yeah,
1: I like all Slayer really, I guess.
2: See, again, maybe
1: it's just because of like when I grew up, when I grew up, I got into Slayer, like world painted blood came out. Uh, Yeah. Okay. So that was kind of my, uh, entry point. Not entry point, I think I heard like the other slayer beforehand, but when you're when I was new into metal, I didn't really, uh, I couldn't really, I didn't really, I couldn't really like tell the difference or whatever. So I was okay with new stuff, I'm okay with old stuff. Like, I've never, I'm no, like, I wasn't like an expert in like Rain and Blood or Show No Mercy. So
2: World Painted Blood just sounded like cool thrash to me. Yeah, I think that's something people forget is that like a lot of times when you get bands discographies when you're a kid you're yeah. not really getting them in order you know you're just buying yeah, yeah. random random records and seeing which ones you like or don't like you know yeah absolutely it's like yeah like when
1: i got into metal it was like just there was so much stuff out by then so it was just whatever you could find on youtube or whatever would come on the music channels like Kerrang! or scuzz or something like that or yeah whatever you could find online and stuff and you, yeah I wasn't really caring what album it was it was like here's Metallica here's uh Gamma Bomb here's Warbringer all this kind of stuff just I'd listen to whatever and I didn't really know if like bands were like legendary or if they were newer or yeah it was just like it was just music to me like at the top like I mean it still is but I guess maybe that helped not have any like prejudices against oh, this band's new, Uh, I'm not going to listen to them or whatever,
0: like a lot of people. Yeah, like we all went through it, really. It's just that you had more accessibility to it than the likes of myself and Joe, who literally had to go search for it and then find it and then understand that, holy shit, there's a whole eight or nine years previous to this that we can't get hold of, but we will try some somewhere down the line and you will encounter it eventually. Like, but... Yeah, so it was way easier for you, James, yeah. to, to land on that and go left or right. Yeah, with, definitely. With old or new, you know, whereas myself
2: and Joe were just fucking struggling. Yeah, I remember oh, just... Man, I remember, I,
3: remember,
2: <laughs> I was going to say, I remember meeting a friend of mine's big brother in the local chip shop to find out the names of the guys in Metallica because <laughs> I had, you know, copied the cassette uh, yeah, tapes the cassettes and, like, yeah. seeing what you're talking about, I had Ride the Lightning and Load... You know, and I was like, is this the same band? But yeah, I had to go down and meet him. And he was all like, and it's uh, Kirk Hammett's name is not the same as Kirk Cobain's name. All right, so just in case, you know, whenever you're 13, that's important in case someone starts ripping you out at some parties and you don't know anything. You know? Yeah, I mean, I
1: did. Yeah, like, yeah, like I, I would just go on YouTube and if I saw a band, I would just like type them in online and I would get all the, I could see all their albums and stuff, but uh, I do... I did miss the uh, when I was younger. I mean, maybe I've got a completely like wrong memory and stuff. But I liked it when you. I didn't know you couldn't know anything about the band. Like they were just like there was no way to find out anything about the band unless you knew someone with the knowledge and stuff yeah. or something like that. So yeah, that was cool. Like all these bands that were mysterious or scary. Like
0: we'll say no, James, because like you are in a, <coughs> a really good position insofar as we will say the likes of banger tv now will get in contact with you what was that black and roll essential bands yeah i mean jesus that was a real great uh, oh thank you publicity for you and and you came across really well but like did you suddenly kind of go holy shit i have to actually study this and get my stuff together it was a best i mean
1: black and roll and black threat it's kind of like the style that i know best so mm. i mean i i Everything that I spoke about, like I, I knew, like yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't like randomly picking off facts and stuff. <laughs> um, but I did have to like look up a bit, like dates and stuff. Yeah. Uh, so I'm not the best with that kind of stuff. Like I listen to bands, and I'm big fans of bands. But even sometimes, I, I can't even remember the name of the name of songs and stuff. Like I just mm-hmm. listen to the music of some, some bands. So it was like, yeah, when I was going through, it was like I've got to try to put together like a timeline and stuff when. When these bands were around and see any correlations oh look this sound was more german sounding like in in this time period or whatever um but yeah that was that was a fun one it made me kind of uh look at bands that i hadn't listened to in ages as well uh, yeah but it's a, it's a huge acknowledgement to be on that show oh yeah it was yeah it was yeah it was cool to be part of that and just kind of i learned stuff as well from other people like people in the chat and telling me bands that I'd never heard of and stuff like that so that was a fun one yeah it was just a yeah it was really nice of
0: them to get me on and yeah Yeah. and I was just saying to James Joe when I was at Damnation Festival over in Manchester I was just texting James going fucking hell the amount of Hell Ripper t-shirts over the two days is fucking insane like that's cool to hear man yeah yeah I appreciate everyone that's repping the goat um. <laughs> but again, yeah. that's down to you as well, man. You mean, it's the hard work you put into it and the product as well.
2: Well, it, do take a look right behind where James is sitting and you'll see. Be... Yeah. <laughs> the post office is yeah. open. <laughs> this is my
0: point. Is it's not fluke that you're doing this and getting this popular in relation to even with merch. It's the hard work you put into it, James, and yeah. it's all and it's the personal touch as well, because I've seen lots of, we'll say, Facebook posts of you talking to people about the T-shirts and, you know, you had to set up a U.S. store as well. Maybe just talk through that in relation to how did you actually formulate a plan to get this right straight away with merch. on, on the, the merch, website. it kind of, I mean, straight away, I mean, it just kind of
1: it was like a gradual thing, I guess. I never really had any plans at the start with but Like it was just a release an EP and see how it goes. And then it kind of more things happened, More people got interested. Um, Someone asked for like t-shirts or something. So I pressed uh, like uh, I printed like 25 t-shirts of the first EP or something like that. And then it kind of went from there. Someone wanted tapes. Someone wanted CDs, different t-shirt designs and stuff like that. And, yeah just over it i'm glad it's just became like a like like i say a gradual thing Mm -hmm. but i haven't really noticed any extreme (laughs) changes changes that i've needed to make it's just kind of if it was like an overnight thing where i sold one t-shirt and then i was up to like a million t-shirts it would yeah it would be a bit more a bit a bit more difficult a bit more a bit more drastic changes and stuff but yeah just yeah i love t-shirts i love the i love artwork like metal artwork and stuff so i love getting new artwork i love putting out new designs and stuff like that and
2: i have to say though man i think that you guys have probably one of the the most killer like t-shirt designs going really you know outside of the kind of the venom motorhead lineage i think that um is it like soldiers of hell that you guys have worked with in the past like for doing some of the designs uh, no i've worked
1: i've worked with so many guys i just that's the good thing about the uh like getting t-shirts as well you can work with loads of artists that you mm-hmm. like uh, yeah. but no I've, I've, the, i think the, the
2: the classic stuff looks so cool like your t-shirts look like exactly like 80s t-shirts yeah. you know yeah i mean i
1: can't really take credit for that that's uh that's all down to the artists and stuff <laughs> like uh usually i have no real like nine times out of ten i don't really have an input i'm just like you've got cool artwork. Uh, do you want to do something for Hellripper? Sometimes I've got an idea, but even then, usually it's like give them free reign because I think most artists are best when they're just doing what they want to do. Mm. Um, yeah, so, so I, just I think so, man.
2: Them- it, look, I definitely had, I remember a couple of albums ago, we spent the entire budget, and like the budget was actually pretty big for artwork. Unlike mm. getting two different front covers on that no one in the band liked, you know, oh, and like, like after me. the whole process, we're all kind of sitting there being all like, "Well, we don't have any money left, and you know, we have to um <coughs> we have to get a cover together get it on or whatever." like, you know, but I think it goes to show, like sometimes it's better. Like your situation, you only ever have to agree with yourself. What's a good idea, yeah. you know?
1: Yeah, that is true. Yeah, I can't imagine uh, arguing with five
2: five views. Um... It's even worse, man, there's only like four of us now. So like every <laughs> argument we ever have always ends in deadlock, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
3: true.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Both of you like have iconic t-shirts and I mean, you're just so used to the Gamma Bomb quality t-shirt. It's a given. And, and just saying that with James as well, like that's the level you're at now with your t-shirts. I mean, it's fantastic to see that. Yeah. It's I'm really taken like- off yeah I'm glad you like them and yeah people
1: seem to like them I like yeah it's just cool yeah it was like I don't know if I told Joe or if it was Phil Philly that I told like back in like whatever year I had like the Hammer Slammer t-shirt I think <laughs> it was Philly I told and he said he said like that was a limited well not limited but there wasn't much of them or something I can't remember yeah. but,
2: they're probably yeah. pretty pretty yee only at the at this stage man but,
3: yeah, uh, I, yeah, yeah I, like,
2: I, I think that fucking you, you guys do an absolutely killer job with the merch and that's like it's it's an easy appeal, I think, for like a whole broad spectrum of metalers, like outside of like black metal or black and roll or thrash. Yeah. The the t shirts just kinda look it's kind of the same vibe as, you know, the run the MC or public enemy t shirts. Like it's a it's nearly a classic style of image, look, you know? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean I mean a lot of the I mean the Hellripper Scotland t shirt, I mean, clearly that's obviously the motorhead. The one I'm wearing right now, (laughs) Um, which uh, obviously I've got the Gamma Bomb one as well. So I've got the three. Just need a Welsh one now. (laughs) Um, But yeah, a lot. A lot of the times I like to do like these, like what do you like, tribute parody type shirts. Um,
0: Like I Nostalgia is such a big thing with us metalheads. Yeah, we're fucking. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, so easily taken in and all that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I know. I enjoy it as well when I see like yeah these like tribute t-shirts like with that a band does i think it's cool mm. yeah but yeah
0: Spe- speaking of which i've got one coming out i've showed it to joe but it's yet to be uh, oh, yeah yeah
2: it's, it's it's good though joe it, isn't it? is class yeah. james i was going to ask you though have you ever thought of the goat making an eddie style appearance on stage or like in videos or is it just to kind of isn't it the anime motorhead thing where it just exists on the album cover or t-shirt? Sometime I mean, um, I don't know if it happened at the gap. no, did we have the goat
1: mask on the gamma bomb tour? I can't remember. But the a pa- the past couple shows, um, not the European ones, but in the UK at least, uh, we, we bring the goat mask like as to put on like the to model the merch. Like so we've got like a little mannequin thing. Yep. Oh, cool. And we've got a goat mask that kind of goes on that like just for that and usually people get pissed and we give them the the gold mask and <laughs> there's a few photos and stuff on instagram We've had a few people they jump on stage with the mask on and the job uh, do whatever yeah just <laughs> cause havoc so that's uh, yeah that's kind of the appearance i mean it depends on what i do like i don't like to take stuff right really seriously that's why mm. we like that's the i mean the music's serious but like the myself and yeah and all that kind of stuff. Like it's not. Yeah, I try and put myself in the the in the band as much as I can. I'm not. I'm not an evil uh, warlock. <laughs> warlock, black metal. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Guys So it's like, I'm not going to try and do that. Otherwise, it'd be unnatural for me. Like I don't have a, a character, What do you call it? Like a, a stage name or costumes and stuff. I think for me, it's just not natural for me. So
0: I think the goat just works as it is yeah yeah
1: it's just yeah it's a funny yeah, yeah. it's a funny thing it's it's a goat uh, mm.
0: it's, <laughs> <is> it? <laughs> so we're still on the merch side of things there because I, I just wanted to know because a few bands had trouble uh, bringing your merch across to europe and selling it problems with any, that we never brought any
1: merch to europe we got it printed in in europe ah, uh, so okay. i brought i brought a few things um, I brought a few things like CDs and stuff, but I think you're allowed a certain amount, a certain value of stuff you're allowed to were take you checked, over. By the way? Uh okay. no. Um well they Well, che- I mean in the security they checked the bags and stuff,
0: but they never said okay. anything. Uh um, yeah, I brought over a bunch of a bunch of CDs. Um and you collected your merch then while you were on tour in Europe then as a
1: yeah, so we got our stuff in uh yeah, sent to um our tour manager guy, um, he, we got sent to him just before the tour, and then later on we picked up some more, um, and then actually yeah, I got, um, I thought I'll try and get some some of the leftovers mm-hmm. sent to me, and that was a fucking nightmare. Um, yeah. <laughs> that was uh the, the customs there was, like the customs. So that's not bringing it over, but that's the postage, which I knew from sending my merch two people and knew the customs was a was a bit of a a bit annoying there so I kind of expected that to happen but yeah as far as getting over the border I think as long as you've got under the certain amount certain value of stuff you're allowed over but obviously I think the value is like a thousand pounds or a thousand euros or something so obviously that adds up quickly if you've got of course Vinyl and I mean how much yeah vinyl you you could take like what a hundred vinyl and that's you like at the at the at the threshold already so I haven't tried maybe maybe you would get over
0: I've got no idea the, the crossing um, in fucking centaur with um spectral wound spectral wound yeah how did you go to Europe did you uh, get a van and go across in a ferry or or did you fly uh, so
1: we our first show was in Portugal. Mm-hmm. So we got a flight okay. to Portugal, and then we got a flight to Germany, because our next show was in Austria. so it was like two flights there and that was that was the probably the, the, the most tiring part because we now, the, we played at like midnight or something for the festival, and then our flight was at six 6 a.m okay. or something like that. So we never got any sleep at all for the first two dates, which was that yeah. was <laughs> that was horrible. A horrible way to start off the tour starting off already fucked but um no yeah so we got a couple of flights and then we met uh, the the tour manager and the other driver um was in germany picked us up in the van at the airport and then just went from there um yeah there was no trouble as far as i can remember it, like any borders or any any stuff i was kind of yeah worried about the like the merch and getting our instruments uh checked or whatever like missing a rule a rule or something. I don't know. But uh yeah, it all seemed to go that's, fine.
0: That's great uh, to hear, isn't it Joe? Because stuff like that could you know make or break a band very fast. Oh, yeah. I, mean, I think like I
2: think it would it's a problem for a lot of bands going from like England over to Europe and stuff that can get stopped. But you know it's generally as ferries and stuff. I think if you're flying, it's not a problem. And once you're in Europe, no one's going to really bother you country to country apart from having yeah. to pay tolls or.
1: Yeah.
2: Et cetera. Um, but yeah, man, I, I don't know. It's one of those weird situations. I don't know what you think about, uh, Scotland yourself, man, but I, I could definitely foresee a future where Scotland ends up back in the EU, you know, sooner rather than later. So I'd hope know. so.
0: I'd hope so. Uh, I think yeah, I think I've a lot got of people would like no idea, to, would like that, especially bands that I know from Scotland.
1: Yeah, man, I think almost every band, even in England, would like to be back in the EU. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I've got. Yeah, if it would be, everything would be much smoother, much easier if we were still in the EU. Um, <laughs> so yeah, there was like I was a bit stressed out just before like the tour, like just thinking if I got do I need any. Documents? Do I need any? Whatever? Do I need what? What do I need to do? If I've missed something, will I not get into a certain country or whatever? I think but,
0: that a lot of the problems stem from is um, from what I heard anyway. which God is an astronaut, they were filling me in on it. Is if you're a UK band and you're leaving uh, via ferry to get into France, that's where you'll you'll probably hit trouble with customs there. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're going over. I mean i go I
1: go over anyway every summer to France, but we've got a few things next summer um so we'll be going over on the ferry, so we'll see what happens then um if I'm fifty grand out of pocket or not uh, now nah, we'll yeah. see uh, I think yeah I think as long as you've got the carne and um and all that kind of stuff, I think it's okay I think it's just more time consuming and paperwork yeah, and all that kind of
0: stuff is the main thing um yeah. it's, it is crazy <laughs> to think about it joe isn't it
2: yeah man it's just a it's an unfortunate situation i remember bruce dickinson saying that nobody was gonna have any problems and stuff and you're like <laughs> it's coming from a guy who's never had to queue up for security <laughs> like you know or like had to do anything he just flies the plane to a country and He's like, yeah. yeah. Why would anyone else have any problems? Yeah, fuck's but sake, it's yeah. sad man. But like, I would hope, hopefully, anyway, man, it'll end up in a situation where more bands will be able to come over, like especially Scottish bands and stuff, uh, come over to Ireland or you know, yeah. Us. Who knows? You know, it's a weird one, like because I think you guys are a lot like us. though like there are notable Scottish metal bands through through the years and stuff, but like, and like it, it, sometimes ge- geography can be an issue. Like it's not as much now. For bands in our generation but definitely in the 90s and 80s it was a lot more difficult for bands in Ireland and Scotland to make a mark or break out you know
1: yeah yeah I think with the internet it's just it's just made it I mean for me especially I mean I had no I was not really involved in any scenes or anything mm, you were saying that, when I first yeah. started out Aberdeen uh, wasn't it? yeah mm. so I mean I just kind of joined the scene just as I was kind of doing starting hell and even then the scene in aberdeen was kind of small and it's kind of it's not like the glasgow or edinburgh one where there's a million well, you, came,
2: you came from a punk, punk kind of background dude you played in punk bands for quite a while didn't you
1: yeah so uh, yeah so th- there was a big punk scene in aberdeen um and there was always shows coming to aberdeen like touring bands i saw like uh okay like i mean like underground uk bands there was like infernal sea and stuff they would come to aberdeen um, so there was a lot of stuff like that, but yeah, there was a big punk scene when I was getting into, coming into the scene, but the punk and metal scene was kind of one, one thing. Um,
2: Is this the, like around uh, t- 2010 or nine or around that kind of time, man, or
1: what uh, age Oh, no, this would be like 2015, uh, 14. Okay. He's young, uh, Joe. He's very young. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, yeah, it was like, or 13, I can't remember when, I, eight, so whenever I was like 18 or something, because there was a lot of the shows were in like pubs that I couldn't get into because I was underage. So okay. when I turned 18, then I could go to more shows and get involved with stuff. And then, yeah. and then went and it was like a couple of years later, like the, the main venue kind of closed down. So a lot of gigs stopped. Um I'm up in the Highlands now, so I don't really know how it is in Aberdeen, but I know a lot of the venues have like closed or stopped doing shows and um a lot of, a lot of my friends that were in bands and stuff, all the bands have just kind of stopped. Um, um, I think with COVID as well, when you couldn't even travel to to do a, a show, like uh, so. I think over like lockdown and stuff, people just kind of
0: uh, stopped. Yeah, but <laughs> you can hear that uh, punk elements in your music, James, which is which is what I love hmm. as well. Oh yeah, I'm a massive punk yeah. fan. Yeah, it's just. Yeah. I was, I was into like punk stuff before I
1: got into metal. Um, and then, yeah, I've gradually got into more into metal, but yeah,
0: I'm still a massive punk fan and yeah, I love a good D Yeah. You can, it leads through the the music. (laughs) So like you've got good news as well. That's why you're on the show, man. You've uh, an announcement to make. So I, over to you. Yeah. We've got a new album coming out. Um, uh, Warlocks Grim and Withered Hags.
1: Um, That'll be out on February 17th. Um peaceful. Fingers, fingers, on peaceful. On peaceville, yeah. fingers crossed, February 17th. That's what I'm saying right now. Uh, but um, yeah, it's looking forward to it, getting it out there. It's a bit, I think it's a bit different to uh, the previous stuff, a bit more diverse, maybe. Yeah, I would um, say that, yeah. yeah. Yeah, eight tracks, um, been a bit longer, um, I think it's 43 minutes or something running time. <laughs> so there's a bit more a bit more stuff going oh, on structure wise and stuff. yeah. I mean I like to keep it eight tracks. I think no matter what. Have I done more? Um I always I I think with the first album, I tried to do 10 tracks. I really wanted 10 tracks, but like there were two songs that were just shit. Yeah. So I was like, oh will and I kept trying to like make it 10 tracks and there was always two songs that just weren't fitting so it was like 8 tracks seems to be my my sweet spot Um, so I've kind of stuck with that
2: so far but um, yeah it worked for for Metallica back in the day man didn't it? (laughs) exactly yeah
1: (laughs) yeah looking forward to getting that out there finally Uh, after what two
0: and a half years it'll be Um, ah
1: man you know (laughs)
0: it is like I had it on today you're gonna laugh at this and thanks for sending it on to me man but uh so Good I was heading into work, depressed out of my mind this morning and I had it on and you wouldn't believe it was just fucking torrential rain. The roads were fucking <laughs> flooded. I couldn't actually see the the actual road. It was just, just this river in front of me. And it was just like, it was half six in the morning. So it was just pure darkness. And next night, it was just this full lightning storm. And here I am listening to Goat vomit nightmare. <laughs> 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 I'm just going, this is so perfect. Like...
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, gotta keep gotta keep it up with uh, some suitable metal titles. Uh, yeah. Song titles.
2: <laughs> I was gonna say, James, man, like really, uh, the guitar playing on it is really killer, man. Like well, I, I thought that it was very, very way beyond the kind of venomy, kind of early destruction kind of vibe that might have been on some of the earlier stuff. So yeah. definitely yeah. hats off you, man. Like I think, uh, and as you said, very diverse. The title track was. Nah, yeah, former
1: was great, man. Yeah, thank you, man. Yeah, I thought, yeah, this one's definitely more like guitar, um, yeah. Yeah, centered. Even though the other ones are guitar centered, I think there's more, even more <laughs> guitar focus this time around. Which I don't know. If it, maybe, maybe it was intentional. I've got no idea. I guess not. If uh, if I've got no idea, but um,
0: <laughs> um yeah. And is
1: there any guest appearances on it, James? And so I've got, um so my girlfriend does a couple of guest vocal bits, uh, usually the slayer screams. Yes. Yep. um And um I've got Joseph, the live guitarist, the hell ripper. He does three solos, I think it is. Okay. Which were really cool. He's got a completely different style to me. He's much better at uh, guitar than me, especially the lead side of things. So he's
0: he did specters and vampires grave and the yes, previous one. He did, yeah, okay. So yeah, okay. he's got a total
1: different style to me, and it's it makes things a little bit different. um And yeah, yeah, they sound cool. His guitar solos are ridiculous. There was one that's like, I think he said it was like Queen influenced or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was one that was like Van Halen influenced, I think. Uh, oh which I would never, I would never think to do. That's not my like style. Yeah. Um so yeah, that was cool to get someone different to do Did you record it, mix it yourself? Yeah, so again it was just done the same as usual um here. Nice in this room. And I think Joseph just recorded his guitars in his at his house as well and sent on the tracks to me. And then it was mixed from there, and then it was sent off to Damien
0: uh Damien Herring. Ah uh, from yeah, you... horrendous. Um Okay, so Brad Brad did the last one didn't he? he did the last one yeah damien
1: yeah. done the first one uh, oh,
0: okay
1: which uh was cool and then i thought yeah I, I wanted to yeah i just thought i'd get back uh with damien again i don't know why I just felt um like it'd be a cool idea to get him involved again i was really happy with what he had done with the first album um i was really happy what uh, brad did with the last album as well mm. but yeah just thought I'd get in touch with Damien again it'd been five years or something since I worked with him so I thought yeah uh,
2: the guitar sound was killer man like I, yeah that's what I was going to say is like it, it's such a riff fest like you know when the, the guitars are just super uh, I don't know like I, I think it's got that kind of same style as Megadeth not in terms of the musical style but that the like riffs are a lot of the time just as impressive as the solos you know and Ah, oh, cool. Like That's a, lot, career, man. a lot of the kind of intros and stuff like that always come in with something killer where you're like, wow, this is really interesting, you know?
1: Yeah. Oh, thank you, man. Yeah, there's a couple of bits that are like directly kind of megadeth ideas. Um what was it the first uh like the intro to I think it's the second track, Eye of the Deceiver? It's like a slow thing, mm. a kind of slow uh, intro. And then there's like guitar leads kind of going over it. Um yep. That was kind of taken from like Peace Cells, which is one of my favourite albums. So it's like songs like uh, *Black Good Morning, Black Friday or... Ah, oh, classic. Like yeah. that. Uh, where it's like crazy guitar, like solos over just as an intro. Um, <laughs> so yeah, yeah, there's, yeah, there's a lot. Uh, there's a brilliant
0: yeah. solo as well in the course, carry and Crown. Yeah, so I done the first
1: one on that. And then the second one was Joseph, which was... His one's like a extreme... Uh, uh, his one's crazy on that one um yeah his his is fast mm. yeah but uh, yeah the that's another one listen an, there's a huge megadeth kind of influence on that solo as well actually mm.
0: um yeah my, my favorite one if you're interested to know at the moment and i think it's by far the best track you've actually wrote is uh mr storm worm yeah thanks man yeah what? that's fucking hell James that's incredible
1: oh, thank you man yeah that's a bit different uh, yeah. yeah that's a bit different to what i have usually done um there's about 40 versions of that song because <laughs> there's so many so many parts i didn't
0: know like i could uh yeah it's, just it's, it's so just, ambitious so out of you to do that and uh, and end yeah. uh, ended on that track like yeah, yeah that was an uh, amazing amazing finale
1: like a really yeah. really well, thank you man really appreciate that yeah there's a lot of uh, different stuff in there like It's not kind of just straight black thrash and stuff. There's like, no, uh, far from it, like black metal kind of stuff. There's like Watane kind of riffs and Agalok. Um,
0: ah, yes, there is Agalok, yeah,
1: yeah. Like the last, the very last part, I was listening to a lot of Agalok. Um, that's nice to hear. Um, what else? Yeah, I was listening to a lot of like the Swedish stuff, like Edge of Sanity, Opeth, Witherscape, um, kind of that style of stuff, Catatonia, um. That was like one of the middle bits.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's a bit, yeah, it's a bit different. Yeah, I'm glad you guys like it. Um, it was a fun one. It was a difficult one to kind of record. There's a lot of layers and stuff. I was so think- ask
2: you about that, man. Like, um, no. <laughs> if, if you were in an ideal world and you could be like, you know, Iron Maiden and go to the Bahamas to make a record for <laughs> four months, would you ideally like to have the rest of the guys there or... Do you feel it's like if you can go away and just work on it yourself and like, you know, try and just do 60 hours in the dark on your own, would you rather do it that way? Yeah, or do you think probably. That,
3: like... Yeah, I think
2: probably. Is, like, I was going to say, like a lot of the time, if, you, if you're if you only doing it with yourself, you're never arguing with people and you're always able to just put in the exact amount of work that you think. Yeah. Well, I am, you arguing,
3: do.
2: I am arguing with <laughs> myself a lot of the time.
1: Um, there is points where I'm like, oh, this sounds shit. Oh, I don't know if this sounds like you get like tunnel vision, and then yeah, I, that's why I've got like my girlfriend. She helps a lot. Like, um, I'm always like, I've recorded this. What do you think of this? Yeah. So- sometimes it's like really trivial, like stupid stuff. I'm like, okay, here's like five vocal takes. What do you think's the best one? And they all sound the exact same. And yeah. And I'm like, oh no, but listen, one track um, take two. Like at the end, like I go slightly higher for like three milliseconds and stuff like that and they're
2: yeah, like a lot of brilliant music over the years like ELO or Tears for Fears or like a whole bunch of bands were or even the Beach Boys and stuff where it was like like it is a band and it's a, like it's a concept an idea but it also requires one person to go into a dark room for six months yeah. or a year to make it happen you know
1: yeah I mean that's
2: what I enjoy doing uh it's like my it's like
1: my my main hobby it's like what I do in my spare time like and, uh, yeah, and I don't, and it takes, I'm always like so picky and stuff. I'm always, so that's why it takes so long to record. Cause I'm just, yep. I mean, maybe if I had like a, a, a deadline, maybe I would, pro- I would get it done and stuff, but because I've got no deadline, I, I like to take ages. Mm. So could yeah. you see
2: yourself, man, like if, if the band got like 60 times bigger and we're like Metallica, it'd take me 10 years to make a record on an Island somewhere or whatever. I don't think it would take 10 years. I think it would, uh, I mean, who knows? Uh,
1: But nah. um, Yeah, I think it's within reason. I mean, for the most part, it's just me being like picky at the end. Um, I think the, most of it was finished like in 2021, like it was finished ages ago. It was just little bits to kind of clean up. And with the vinyl delay and maybe no touring and stuff, I think that kind of made me think, well, I'll just keep working on it. You know, like, if I put it out now, I might not get to tour. I might not, it might not come out for a year. Like I might as well just keep working on it for another few months and stuff, maybe.
2: maybe Would you say there's a big difference though between the 2021 version of the record and the 2023 version of the record? Um, Yeah, a couple different tracks, I think. Um, It was kind of, I had another
1: track. So it was, um, I can't remember what the, I don't think I wrote lyrics for it actually so I recorded the instruments for it and it was like coming up to the end of like recording and I just wasn't happy with it at all like really I was like this is going to ruin the album for me like if I've got (laughs) if I don't like the song or if I'm like 50% happy with the song I'm not going to be happy and I'd like kind of booked everything and Mm. everything was like ready to go like ready to like I'd booked in the kind of mastering and I'd kind of gave myself a deadline like this will, i will hand in the album on the like this date and stuff so i basically just like uh wrote a, a completely new track very quickly that became one of my favorites on the album um which one was that james so that was goat vomit nightmare okay. uh, so i wrote that and um, it was it was like kind of half written um as i finished the out al- like as i finished the other one i was like okay i'll save it for like the next album or something mm. like i'll finish it later but then i really didn't like that track so i was like fuck it i'm gonna finish it now like oh and i think having like the kind of deadline there as well kind of made me finish it because the other ones took ages to finish yeah and if it was up to me it would have, t- it would have taken ages um but yeah so yeah that's became one of my favorite ones on the album as well so and what's yeah. the hardest thing for you james um
0: the vocals or the drums
1: uh, the, oh, the vocals. I mean, the drum, the drums can just get like stuck in easily, but the pro, the the vocals that just takes a toll, like on me. Yeah. Like if I'm ill or something, sometimes I'm out for a couple of weeks. Like I can't uh, do it, and especially because I do like so many takes and stuff, I'm so picky. Sometimes I like ruin my voice doing like one line or something, and then that's <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's the uh, um.
0: Is that a worry then when you're touring as well?
1: A little bit, yeah. Getting sick and stuff, or yeah, yeah. It's it's yeah, it's a bit stressful. Like just uh, some thinking, like oh, I wonder what will my voice do tonight? Um, mm. <laughs> will that be okay? But I mean, it's been relatively
2: okay so far.
0: Um, Is there <laughs> any tour tricks, that you can advise
2: James with there and protecting the voice? Mm. I think Philly was talking to James about this on tour and like yeah. I think part of it is just trying to like, you know, take it easy on yourself a little bit or Yeah. You know, a lot of the time what happens, especially when I've heard my voice in the past or Philly had was if if you have a bad PA and you can't hear yourself, you nearly yeah. try and just shout shout your way through it and That's you the- just can't you can't do it. You have to either assume that people can hear you. Or, yeah. you know, even if you can't hear yourself, but it's just so hard to do. Man. Yeah, was like, that
1: was a couple of the shows on the tour. Um, uh, or one or two, I can't remember which ones. But yeah, the sound was a bit weird. So the, yeah, I remember like kind of messing up my throat because I, I was like, because I changed my technique or something to, yeah. to like compensate for like not hearing or whatever. But yeah, Philly was really helpful. Philly was like t- uh, telling me a bunch of shit to do and,
3: Give me I ten, just,
2: ten. it is hard, man, because you know, this is like Philly giving you advice. We were on tour and <laughs> went to some bar in Hamburg at like three in the morning and he lost his voice singing Tom Jones songs. I remember so, you said that, <laughs> you know, so it's like you, you're never going to be able to, like, you know, counter for your your want to go and have fun, like, so yeah, yeah, of course. The thing is like, and, and the like, the kind of style you have, if you forgive me for saying so, is. It's kind of, you want it to sound like you're hurting your voice, but not actually hurt your voice, yeah. You know? That, yeah, that is the aim, that is the aim, <laughs> indeed,
1: yeah. But, yeah, I guess it's as well, I guess maybe it'll come with more like experience as well. I mean, like I said, that was like our first real tour, yeah. <laughs> so we had never really done what was it, seven shows we did or eight shows in a row? I'd never done that before. Yeah. I think the most we've done is let's see, 12, 13. I think we've only done like three or three in a row, like at most. And even did then,
0: seventeen there only lately.
1: Seventeen in a row, yeah. And wow. Yeah. So that was yeah, that was kinda like beforehand, I was like, Oh, I wonder how this will go. But yeah, it seemed to go fine. But yeah, I mean we we haven't played much shows in general, and especially we had like the again coming back to the lockdown the COVID, we had a like a two year break kind of playing
3: uh
1: yeah. playing live shows. So like my fault, vo- I never really done anything with vocals for like two years really mm. other than occasionally recording the album, which it's like in a controlled environment, you can, you can do two lines per day. If you want, you can give your voice a rest and stuff like that. Um, so
0: yeah, it's just kind of, I guess, yeah, like it'll come with experience, I guess. And Yeah. Out of all the new songs, Jens is there any ones in particular that won't make it to a live to, venue?
1: Um, i 'm not sure I haven't re- we've got four that we're gonna put in um, okay cool. um to start with uh, or try to put in see how they go <laughs> um yeah but um yeah I'm keen for giving them all a go if they can okay. be done um yeah it really it, yeah it just depends like we see what happens with if people like the songs if the songs kind of translate mm-hmm. well to a live setting as well because you that's don't know. the key isn't it yeah, yeah it's especially. Just a- especially Especially with this new album, where there's a bunch of layering and stuff. Uh, I mean, we'll make it work, of course. But yeah, there's a few songs like on previous albums that I'm just not not a fan of playing live. Like they've they don't have like they don't get like the crowd going or whatever, um, or or something like that. I kind of I like playing like the more the stuff that just gets the crowd going, kind of like straight.
2: That that's the kind of thing is like realistically, a lot of the time whenever you can think of like an amazing cinematic intro and there's some amazing intros in the new album, it's like sometimes it's hard to translate that on the stage, unless you're in that, you know, a a bigger venue where you've got your own yeah. lights and all that kind of stuff, you know, you, you're nearly imagining it. And, you know, the reality sometimes can be like, you know, yeah, I'm man. trying to do a clean guitar part. And there's like a load of people being all like, heal the goat really loudly at you or something. <laughs> exactly,
1: <like> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's just kind of, yeah like I said we've got four that we're gonna try and then we'll probably we'll probably get most of them done um at some point but uh yeah, it's basically just kind of experimenting to see what mm. what what people react to what yeah what people don't want to see live what will work live what's doable live like if like like with the translating the production and stuff to the live to the live setting with just the two guitars and stuff and
0: yeah. It's going to be fun, it man. It's going to be fun to try it anyway. Yeah, it'll be fun learning like new songs again as a, like as a band. Uh, so I'm going to play one and it's the opening track and I'm going to leave it to you, James, to pronounce it. So the Knuckle of E. Okay, the Knuckle of E. Um, is there any meaning behind that? So, I yeah, so it's an
1: Orcadian uh, legend, um, of a creature like a, a skinless horse uh, horse type horse type creature with like a rider on attached to its back Okay. Um, causes plague and um, death just not just not a nice uh, just not a nice thing um, but yeah
0: yeah and the music represents it too man it's yeah. not a nice thing <laughs> okay here it is So good. It's just again, I, you're saying Megadeth there. I, I'm saying early Metallica. That was a yeah.
1: That that solo, that second
0: yeah solo, straight out of Megadeth. That's a that's a Dave Mustaine solo. That one. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I yeah. love it, man. I love it. Thanks, it's a man. it's a great opening track, man. It, and it Thank sets you. the scene. I'm delighted actually. You stuck with this whole, I suppose, um, the mysterious side of it, the traditional side. Of these mythical characters hmm. and exploring that route rather than going down the serious route, talking yeah. about personal tragedy or you know personal yeah. feelings,, yeah, so I'm is not very there, good with that. yeah, is, is there a, a, a team running through it anyway, James, or is it just still yeah, you know? so the, so the, it's I mean not a concept like
1: I mean the whole thing is based on Scotland, so every song is a Scottish um, has some Scottish Relevant. influence. Nice. Uh, so yeah it's like folklore um uh legends folklore um historical events kind of stuff um every song's kind of got that so there's like a a theme that links everything together um which i thought was cool then you've got the bagpipes as well which i thought on um on the title track so it's yeah it's kind of i tried to yeah make it a bit I guess it's a bit personal as well, just because it's like the Scottish uh, theme with all that kind of elements on it. But uh, yeah, I thought it was, yeah, it was cool to do something a bit different. Um, I mean, I still love writing all these ridiculous Satan, over-the-top lyrics, but, uh, and I mean, you still got elements of that with like titles yes, like Vomit Nightmare and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, yeah, I thought it was cool to do something a bit different.
2: um.
0: Mm. See- the, the- That worked. The hissing marshes as well. Great title, and then the the bass intro. I was
2: going to say to you, uh, James. Like, obviously, you must find location to be a big influence, man. Like, you know, living in the Highlands. Like, was that part of the reason you moved, like, from the city, or? uh,
1: At first, I didn't really think I was um, kind of. I've never really been influenced by like location and stuff. But I think moving to the Highlands, I moved because my girlfriend got a job up here. And I just moved here and yeah, I kind of yeah, that did kind of influence it in the end. Like I kind of became more interested in like this Scottish history, like looking at like Scottish legends and all that kind of stuff and
2: yeah,
1: like being surrounded by like the highlands and the mountains and stuff. It's kinda of, yeah, that is it did kind of It's a great yeah. well to draw on, man. Yeah, so I yeah, it did end up influencing it in the end, which I didn't think it would, because I've never <laughs> I've never really been influenced by that kind of stuff. I've usually just kind of
0: play. Uh, uh, But yeah. Yeah. No more than Ireland, man. There's just so much history, folklore and castles and everything around around us that sadly are just falling to ruin. And there doesn't seem to be much of an effort to preserve money. You know, and if you're if you're doing that in song, no matter what. Yeah. It'd be traditional music, folk music, heavy metal. It's great that you're still giving a big shout out to your tradition where yeah. you're from. And as I said, you've 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 held Ripper Scotland on it, man. You're ripping yeah. a country yeah, there.
1: Thought, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah it's kind of, like I say, it's kind of putting myself into the music again instead of yes. just being another band. It's like, because I guess it helps as well just because it is a solo project. I can kind of... Yes, true. It becomes a... A more personal thing, rather than, I guess, maybe it's a bit more difficult if there's more people involved. I don't know, um, yeah. unless you've got similar backgrounds and and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, I thought it was yeah, yeah. just something different to try. Um, I enjoyed learning about stuff because there was a lot of stuff that I didn't, that I'd never heard of and stuff. It made me research a bunch of stuff and yeah. look at all this. Fans
0: love that, man. Don't they, Joe?
3: Totally,
2: man. If you you're know, bringing a like, fan on an I'm, adventure, like a huge, huge deal as well, especially for a lot of people in the 70s got into stuff like Lord of the Rings because of bands like Led Zeppelin, Led you Depp. know. Stuff, yeah, so it's like there there is like a responsibility, like where some of the legends, things like that that you're talking about, there could only be maybe like 10 or 20,000 people who currently know about that in really? Scotland. And there's going to be 10 or 20,000 people at least more, you know, yeah. now in a couple yeah. of months. So, like, that's that's the cool thing about writing lyrics about either historical or, you know, stuff of that nature. Or, you know, like, you guys have songs based on like ha- Hammer Horror type movies or, you yeah. know, that sort of stuff as well. So, it's, as long as you're able to have a broad variety of stuff that you can write at, you're never going to be pigeonholed into being like, you're a black thrash band and you have to write about, you know, this all the time, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. That was a, like a thing I, I wanted to do like early on as well. I didn't want to be, I want to kind of make, make it that Hellrapper could kind of do anything within that kind of sphere. Mm. I didn't want to just be like, you know, like a uh, straightforward, like punk. I didn't want to be just straightforward speed metal,
0: yeah,
1: stuff like that. So I like to have like the two things. So if I write a straightforward speed metal uh, punk song, like one minute punk song, People will be like, "Okay, that sounds like Hellripper," and then if I write a seven-minute Bathory slow song with bagpipes, it can also sound. You can also say, "Okay, that's Hellripper," like it's yeah. not. Um, yeah,
2: yeah. Is, I, I, is, is it, cool Bathory an influence, man? Like, you know, in, even in terms of whenever you set up the band as a, a solo project, were you influenced by him or that whole ideal or what? Yeah. So the first, the first Bathory album and like
1: the the early compilation tracks yeah because i mean it's kind of just like motorhead uh, mm-hmm. um it just like yeah it's it's kind of yeah, it's just it's like black black thrash it's like the original kind of black thrash um but yeah over that like listening to uh writing this album i was listening to a lot of new stuff and different stuff as well that crept its like crept its way in there and uh i really got into a few of the later Bathory ones like the Uh, Twilight of the Gods and stuff by Bathory that I'd never really never really given much of a listen to before like I was always into like the the Black Thrash Fast Bathory but yeah I was listening to a whole bunch of different stuff over the writing and I got into that and that kind of influenced but yeah Black Bathory being a one-man band definitely at the start helped as well a lot of the bands I was uh, getting into would be like Bathory, uh, Midnight, Dark Throne, uh, Toxic Holocaust. Yeah. And it was like when realizing like, oh, Toxic Holocaust is a one-man band, like he does everything himself. Dark Throne, they record everything themselves. Um, yep. Or sometimes they do. I'm not sure if it's all the time. But and uh, yeah, Midnight, again, mostly himself. And mm. so, yeah, that kind of just gave me the idea that you can do it yourself. Yeah. Uh, um so I was always kind of under the impression like you've got to have a band you need to go to a studio um and all that so and luckily I guess the kind of music that we play like the black thrash black speed punk all that shit you don't need the best production like you don't need to sound like a hundred percent perfect and stuff so that lends itself well to Someone just learning how to do stuff.
0: And there's a big audience for it, James. There's such a big yeah. audience for it out there, especially in festivals. I mean, that's what oh, I man. want. I
2: think generally, like you know, Midnight are out supporting a uh, Mersey Theatre and Creator. I like, it, it, I think it could easily be you guys in a year or two. You know. Oh, well, thank you.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I mean,
0: I'd hope so. I've <laughs> that'd be that'd be the dream, man. But yeah, Midnight are killing it. Uh, You're sharing a stage with them actually next year, aren't you? At, uh, Pitfest, is- I believe. Is it Pitfest? Pitfest, yes,
2: yeah, yeah. yeah we, pl- we played there actually. We were supposed to play with hell Ripper at it, and um, I think you guys had like it was you know whenever Ryaner were canceling a bunch oh. of flights, wasn't it, James? Yeah, we had a bunch of
1: problems with like flights and all that stuff. So yeah, unfortunately, yeah, we had to cancel. Um, it's
2: good fun though. Like you know, it's like literally on a golf uh, course. Like they've set up a couple of big, huge tents, and yeah. it was like oh, so- awesome. yeah. Like a discharge and cryptic slaughter and stuff, so it was really cool. Yeah, I've
1: seen all the like the videos and stuff of like that. It looks like an amazing time. I wish we were there last time as well. And where is could have it? joined you in that show before as well She did a show the night before, I think, in Tilburg yes, or in,
2: uh, Yeah, in Little Devil and Tilburg, Tilburg yeah. or whatever, look, you know. Yeah, that was Where, where cool.
0: is Pitfest, lads? Um, it's in the Netherlands, oh,
1: yeah, uh, it's, like a, Hamlet, it's like
2: in the no- north, north of, um where's it, uh, Northern Netherlands, somewhere up near, like, uh, where did they used to hold Arnchok Dag Zwolle, up there, Zwolle, or whatever it's called. Anyway, but uh, yeah, it's a it's a cool place and you get to stay mm-hmm. in the golf house uh, and That's then good. wander around, get stoned on the uh, <laughs> golf course. It's pretty good. Uh, Wouldn't
0: doubt it. you, man. Uh, yeah. There's other festivals next year. You're on Obscure Extreme, is it? Obscene
1: in- Extreme, yeah, man.
0: Uh, Obscene Extreme, yeah.
1: Yeah. That's in Czech Republic. Yeah, that's, I'm a big fan of like, I haven't been there, but I've watched a whole bunch of videos, like a lot of sets from there. And it looks like an absolutely amazing. That,
0: I'm wondering, is that, that anything to do with the Brutal Assault? I don't think so. I think it's it's like a grindcore festival, but I think oh, okay. but
1: primarily grindcore. Okay. But they always get like, uh, like uh, our kind of bands and stuff. Like uh, I know they've had like Evil Invaders and. Mm. um butcher and stuff i think butcher yeah and uh they had toxic holocaust and stuff play there a couple of years ago and okay sodom and stuff but, yeah i think there's like a the day we're playing i think it's like an old school metal day so it's just a bunch of like speed metal and mm. so like vulture and okay and that yeah. yeah so that's cool but um yeah we've got a bunch of festivals i don't know I would need to check. I can't remember what's been announced and what hasn't been announced yet. Uh, FNR
0: an is another one that,
1: that, that you're... Oh, yeah, that's... yeah, that's Welcome with, to Hell. Welcome to Hell. That's with Enforcer and Venom Inc. Um, Vulture again. Uh, yeah, that, I'm looking forward to that, yeah. yeah it's going to be cool getting out to kind of... This will be the first time we've really promoted an album. Um, I suppose, yeah, it's true. On tour. <laughs> Because in twenty seventeen when we released Coagulating Darkness, I think we'd done three shows that whole year. My God. Yeah. Uh, and I think two of them were in Aberdeen, just like kind of local shows. <laughs> um, so we never really promoted that mm. album. Um and then yeah, the last album we never uh really got to the Gamma Bomb tour that we did was our support tour. And that was what, like almost two years after the album came out. So mm
0: yeah so 2023 is going to be big man we hopefully, yeah.
1: tour-wise. Yeah, we've got a few things. Um, yeah, mainly in the summer, I think um yeah, and he, I I can't remember exactly what's been confirmed and what's been just in talks and stuff yet, yeah. so um, yeah, other than what's been oh, in the kind of,
2: there. of situation, man, isn't it that like the further away the gig is from your front door, the you know the longer it is to get confirmed and you know get sorted out to so us, yeah, I know. Yeah. Whenever it involves flying or doing anything like that, you just have to believe it whenever you get the ticket, you know? Yeah. Mm. It's, where, strange, it's strange where, to actually,
1: like, be booking shows again, like, it, like getting back into that and after the pandemic, like, having nothing happen on that side of stuff. And then... Where are you
0: looking to launch the album, James?
1: Uh, so I think um, we're doing a show in Glasgow. Okay. Um, but that'll be I think that's the week before the album comes out. So it's kind of like a mm. I guess kind of exclusive type thing. We're gonna be playing a bunch of new stuff. We'll have stuff on sale there. Yeah. Um
0: there's flights from Cork to Glasgow, man. So I might I might well, be able to go cool. those trips
1: I hope. Get we, over. Like Joe was saying, I hope we get to Ireland at some point. Um
0: yeah. It like just depends if, on everyone's availability yeah. and. i yeah. I'd, I'd work rather fucking go and see E rather than wait any longer. Just <laughs> put it that way. <laughs> yeah, it's everyone. It's just
1: everything like the availability and work yeah. schedules and course, yeah. Getting every like that's the part that's the part of the live band uh, that I don't miss. in the sort being a solo project, like you can just I can do everything at my at my my own pace whenever yeah. I'm free, whenever I'm ready. But getting like four guys together and. And all that kind of stuff um, is a bit more work and a bit more, but yeah.
0: <laughs> okay. Listen, man. Just thanks again for coming on the show, James. Much appreciated. Thank you very much for having me, man. It was fun. Yeah, fun. always is. Always is. And best of luck with the new album, Warlocks, Grim, and Withered Tags. It's coming out in February. You've heard the. Uh, wonder is it an exclusive track off it. Maybe who knows when it comes out. Yeah, whenever this is out and whenever the track's out, I've got no idea, maybe. <laughs> maybe, yeah, a <bit> cool. <laughs> Joe, thanks again, man, for joining us.
2: Great, Great to see you, us, lads.
0: Yeah. Great to speak to you again, Joe. Yeah, and hopefully YouTube, there, there might be a Gamma Bomb and Hell Ripper tour coming to your town man. in 2023 slash 2024, who knows? It's down to the middle gods. I'm looking forward to the new Gamma Bomb album as well. Has Philly finished the recording,
2: now nah, we're still still beavering away down in our old man's zone, look you know yeah but we're uh, getting there and stuff we've got like a got like a, some cool special guests and stuff we're gonna have on this record oh so so you're we're uh, to come the the yeah we'll get we'll get some <laughs> we'll hopefully some we'll do of, it live man we'll do
0: it live i'll come up to you yeah
2: like we're do, you know what at the minute man we're just trying to get the record done and we're doing like the hometown gig like a cancer research fundraiser show or whatever in Uri. Oh, I that. and then saw. Um, uh, we'll do some do some festivals and stuff next year before the record comes out but hopefully we'll have some new soon but as I said we'd totally love to try and do something like that with Hellripper I'd love to you know, go and do some places like Cork and stuff like that or Derry that you just can't really get to unless you've got a couple of bands together you know oh that'd be ace man yeah like I said when we were on tour
1: I was hoping to come over and see you guys like i think it was two shows or something in, in ireland but i got covid right beforehand uh no, it was for the, uh, the the festival the uh oh the the one up in derry was it yeah the one with midnight and stuff that's um mm. what's frost and frost and fire frost yeah and
0: Fireland. yeah
1: yeah i was planning to see um midnight like the day before and then i was going to come over to ireland and go to it and see gamma bomb in midnight and all that, and uh, yeah, I got COVID the day before the midnight show, so I never got to see anything that
2: week. <laughs> I was a week bed. We've all been there, unfortunately, man. We? Right, let me wrap it up. Let me wrap it up.
0: <laughs> Thanks again, James. Thanks again, Joe. Uh, crucially, support your local maintenance